0: Hey everybody, it's Jeff. This week's episode is a behind-the-scenes conversation that we had at the MXU Live Tour stop in Dallas. So during our lunch break, Jay Desai sat down with Lee and me, as well as our friends Rusty Anderson, Daniel Connell, Adam Taylor, Jeremy Bagwell from Ross, and some other friends, and we just had a free-form conversation that I really hope you'll enjoy. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to remind you of a couple things. First, if you missed any of our MXU Live Tour dates, you can still buy the stream pass that we broadcast from our Dallas event. It's available for as long as there's an internet. So you should go to getmxu.com slash live and buy a stream pass, get your team around a table, and watch together. I know that you're really going to love it. Also, I wanted to make sure you knew about our other podcasts. So in our network, we have the MXU Lighting Podcast and the MXU Video Podcast that I know you're going to love. So check those out as well. Speaking of podcasts, I was on the Church Gear podcast a while back. It's episode 28. I had a great time chatting with Toby and Blake about what they're doing. We also played a couple of games as well. In fact, I crushed Blake in the Name That Song game. He really didn't stand a chance. Uh, They've had some other great guests as well. Lee was there, as well as our friends Corey Edwards, Dylan Howell, and many other awesome folks. So after you finish today's episode, head over to their feed by searching Church Gear. One word in your podcast feed and check out the Church Gear podcast. Okay, here we go. Hope you really love this conversation.
1: You are now entering the MXU
2: podcast. No credentials required.
0: All right, here we
3: are. Hey, where's lunch? Um, Uber Eats is late for eternity. Um, today's lunch didn't actually get ordered because the DoorDash has a $100 limit <laughs> right. at certain restaurants. So I don't know if we're getting lunch. Uh, so it's coffee. Coffee it is. Well, here we are in Dallas. It is lunchtime. We are taking a break. We had a fantastic morning. We got the whole crew in here. Plus, we didn't invite some people, but everyone is here that matters. And we're coming to you live from the green room. How do you think about it, Jeff? I think it's great. I'm, all three events have been awesome.
0: But I think, you know, the thing that I love the most is just to see those light bulb moments for teams, especially for people who maybe aren't on the lighting team, but they see an insight from lighting programming that just kind of goes, oh wait, I never knew they had to deal with that. Or I I wouldn't have thought to do it that way. Or the same from Rusty. It's like, as an audio person, to get a picture into what it means to actually frame a good shot and you know, to interact with the worship team in such a way that we're actually telling a story. I don't think many people from the audio side think in terms of storytelling. So I think those Just those encouragements and those insights so far are just so cool to see when people kind of click into that. So I can't wait to see how, from the audio side, how the communication with the band and how the worship set itself is a reaction to and informs those other sides of the team. Because I think, you know, our whole thing has been how do we collaborate as one team to lead people to experience what God has for them? And so, as we do that together i just you know atlanta and chicago and now culminating here in dallas it's like i'm just so encouraged and excited about seeing teams come together around this idea of unity because that's a lot of times you know you don't you don't see that on teams who are just head down sunday's coming follow the run sheet and figure out volunteers and planning center and then next week is here already so i think if we can make a philosophical shift for some of these teams I know that, you know, today's Friday. I know that tomorrow and Sunday will be better for them
3: because of what they're being encouraged to do today. I love it. That's a good word. And Daniel stayed on his spike marks so we could hit him with the lighting. That's right. Wait, I,
4: I we, we don't need spike marks anymore because the lights follow you around. That's right. We got Zach tracks. We don't need spike marks. That's
3: it. It still has a zone. That, that is it, pretty cool. That it has to stay within.
4: Well, it's like the room. <laughs> <laughs>
3: The, the, yes. the room is the zone yeah the virtual room it's a virtual room
4: can you imagine if microphones worked like that like if you're like
5: just point the microphone at the drum if and you that, had like microphones that would follow people around anywhere they went that the no you know, that oh,
4: wait 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 wait, okay so that's two things so what if it was like you know mic position's so important if it's at this angle and this far away from the drum and it'll totally change and if you move the microphone away what if it didn't matter we'd be out of a job yeah I think that's true are you out of a job now because of Zack Tracks
5: dude I haven't touched a lighting console in like a year I mean that's different reasons but yeah, yeah. pretty much yeah no it's it's we obviously love the technology because of what it does but every time we find new technology more job roles seem to come from that as well we just get to makes our job a little easier in the process
4: that's a good point and we have now have automated cameras
2: robotic cameras we don't not, yes. here. <laughs> Not here. Not <laughs> here. Yeah. They do exist, yes. Facial tracking. You know, government's always getting your facial information anyway. So now cameras can just get that and follow. I remember. Oh, I know what we're right. talking about for the next hour.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember it clear. I gave it to them.
2: You opted in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's true.
2: Yeah, like anybody who has on.
0: clear has already opted in. Yeah. government well, has I all your I saw your Delta,
3: data. Delta the other day was letting you check in on your phone with facial recognition. Yeah, yeah. For real? Yeah. 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 Certain airports. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't get it because, well... Criminal, re- list. criminal record and the lists I'm on but okay how long is it before
4: a console a switcher or a lighting console is fingerprint to load a user profile two years that's soon
5: that's yeah, pretty soon. I mean are
4: you on some R&D NDAs we don't know about USB sticks are already like that way yeah
5: I mean your your computer my laptop my, my MacBook Pro it's yeah. already that way right I mean how I mean the technology exists someone just needs to plug it in for from a manufacturer standpoint, the more emails you can send to your
1: manufacturer friends, the sooner it will come to fruition. <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying. it's a dangerous word. No, no. <laughs> so just send emails to whoever manufacturer you want for those type of features. So what's your email? Over and over and over again. What is your email? Go to Go to it's
4: okay, okay, let's play a game. Which manufacturer sends the most emails? Sends
0: Wait, waves. Wait, waves. 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 I'm
5: yeah. <laughs> Chave. Really? Yeah, I'm not on that list. It's deep. Yeah, um, oh. I know, but I had to represent. What video made? And they're all amazing. I'm sorry, I'm a dealer. They're they're the best emails ever. I love yeah. reading them. And I will say, Thank Avid you,
0: sends a lot of emails too. That's true. Avid does.
3: Avid sends a lot of emails, but my credit card doesn't work on my Pro Tools subscription. Well, yeah, it's like once a day. They need their money. It's like you broke. You broke. You broke. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got it.
4: But Waves Waves is doing it because they have sales every day. 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 It's not every a day. sale
2: if
3: it's everyday. It's just a different price. It's been on sale for six years. <laughs> uh, but it would be cool if you could walk up to a console and scan your retina and all your profiles pulled up. That'd be dope. Yeah, that, your retina? Yeah, My sure. Yeah. Hmm.
6: yeah. I what, else are,
3: what else are they going to scan? Um, well, that was a great morning. Rusty, your portion is always, I don't know why. Actually, tell me why your portion is where everyone learns something. Like, the whole room, it's aha moments everywhere.
2: I mean, but probably a part of that is because most of the audience in most churches, like, video is the bottom rung, I would say. I can, I'll i admit
1: it. Lee, Lee just laughed.
2: I'm I not did. sure why Lee laughed. Well, budgetary-wise, or are not. Like,
4: you get a volunteer sign up on your team, and you don't know what to do with them. You put them on a camera, which now I know is, like, the <laughs> most important position. If you're watching online, and you have a camera off that's not – up to snuff, it sucks.
5: Yeah, it's a most, bad experience.
4: Yeah, most audio on the internet sucks anyway, so people are used to it. But if the camera op sucks, it's really bad. And I'm like, we've been doing this all wrong. We should put the best mixers on cameras because they're the best people on the team.
7: I don't that go there?
6: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's bottom rung. See what he just said right there.
7: <laughs> okay, it's not bottom rung, but it's like I feel like most people aren't informed. Of what it really yeah. takes to get that shot that your brain is used to seeing, right? Right, like you see stuff on Netflix, TV, news, whatever it is, and you're like, that makes sense, it's normal. But what it actually takes to get that is is very complicated. It's an art, it's a craft, and I feel like most people don't think that way about video. You don't think oh, right? about it when it's perfect, exactly. Like yeah. how
4: many people have watched The Revenant and thought, "Oh my gosh, they haven't changed the camera yet." Yeah, ninety nine point nine nine percent right. haven't, but we all did, right? You know, right. but you just think. This is one of the best movies I've ever seen. 100%. I ran a camera
5: for the first time in my life last year. That's 100% true. Really? Wow. I've seen it a million times. I've never like, picked up a camera during a show and had to point it at somebody that was live until last year. And yeah, 100%.
4: Was it a bar mitzvah? A, what was it?
5: <laughs> it, was, it was a church service. That's what happens when you start running a company. Suddenly, when there's a camera op not there, it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing it.
4: That's awesome. And, you know, we put senior pastors on camera one at every event we
7: can. Which in That's Chicago, by part. the way,
2: he, that guy was pretty awesome. He was great. I don't, I don't think that he'd
7: never done it before.
2: Or he's just a, you know. Just a he was just a, He yeah. was
7: young, right, to be yeah. like a senior pastor, an executive pastor. Like he was in his like late 20s, early 30s. <laughs>
4: like, know, he grew up backfire. in the church. Yeah. Because, you know, some senior pastors, just some, are like, how hard is it? in any role on the tech team. How hard is it to- How hard tur- could it be? How yeah. hard could it be to turn the microphone up when you're supposed to, just turn buttons. the lights up when you're supposed to, point the camera where you're supposed to go? We just gave them the ammo to na- to now go-
0: See, well, it was
4: I- easy. I just ran camera <laughs> well, at the number one church production conference in the world,
0: and I did a pretty dang good job. Now the bar set even higher. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you do a great job of communicating and training, and even when you're show calling. Like, I can't wait for people to see this afternoon when we get to open up your comm in the PA and hear how you communicate with those people. So talk for a second about how, because for teams who don't really know the importance of a good director, because it's one thing to get a camera shot, but it's another thing to communicate those shots to the screen in a timely and fluid way that makes sense in terms of the song. So for teams who may not Like if if their only good video person also has to direct, then they slight on the camera side. Or if their only good camera op has to be on camera, then they don't have a great director. So talk about that balance. Like how do you get to be a better director? Because that's one thing we don't really touch on in the the event,
2: we don't have time. I mean, one of the things I actually had a conversation with someone at the after party in Chicago about this. Um, And one of the things that is important as a video director, especially in church world, when you're working with volunteers, is it's arguably the only role on the team, you know, all of all AVL, we are actually interfacing really closely with volunteers. And so we all know how hard it is to get volunteers to show up, and if you're if they're showing up and they're working in an environment that's not fun, that's not like feels like someone cares about them, then they're not going to keep coming. And so even aside from from all the like technical stuff about a video director, you have to be relational and like want to invest in your teammate, in your team members, care about them outside of what they do on a camera, so that you're creating a culture and an environment where people want to be a part of it. So that's number one. And then, aside from that, it's um, I think it's clearly establishing what the win is, because um, I talk about this in some of our stuff at MXU, is we're a team, so everybody has a role they have to do, um, but if I'm on the team, I don't know what a win is for me. So if I'm running camera one, and it's not really clear to me what a good job is, uh, it's hard for me to do a good job. So that's that's what what I feel like one of my biggest things is to make sure every person who's running a camera knows, here's what I need you to do, here's what I expect from you. Um, and if you can do that, then it's gonna be great and we can all work together. Um, you don't have to wow me. Like, I'm, I'm gonna try to set the bar, not low, but like set the bar where we can reach it, make sure you understand what that is and then we can go from there.
1: I I will say, too, to add, what Rusty is great at is giving really positive feedback. So, as a director, your role is to help guide the camera ops in their framing. And so, Rusty will say, hey, I don't like this. Grab me this. Or he'll a lot of times say, that's a—I mean, in Chicago, he said, that's an amazing shot. Like, he is giving this direct feedback while directing that allows your cameras to start giving you the shots that you want, which makes you a better director. Because ultimately, when you, you know, every little phrase that you say is, like, hyper in that scenario. So, really short phrases, short words. And if you can get your camera ops to understand what you're looking for, then that makes you even a better director. So, that positive reinforcement. And it gives, every because everybody's listening, right? All five camera ops are listening to that and knowing, Mm -hmm. oh and they sneak their eyes up at the screen and go, "Oh, he just said that's an awesome shot." Got it. Okay, then I'm going to go look for this or that or that, you right. know.
0: And if you've got five cameras that all have five shots worth taking, then it makes your job a whole lot easier. A laser, yes. Yeah. Cuz then you could literally just go ready 3, take 3, ready 5, take 5, ready 1, take 1, yep. and everybody's got something that's good. It makes your job a lot more just yep. easily executable.
2: I actually I got my start at Passion 13 years ago because the person who was directing was not very nice. <laughs> like volunteers did not want to keep showing up and they didn't know what, you know, how to do a good job. So like, I, I just feel like that's a, such a key thing. Is right that's why we moved Jay out <laughs> of that role. <laughs> right here. Yeah. yeah
4: have you ever had camera ops so good that you didn't have to call and you could just cut without them knowing all of
2: them? Not for like extended periods of time, but I would say, yeah, short segments where it's like, if, if we work together a lot and we we all know the songs, we know the music, then it gets it gets pretty
0: that's some like matrix neo level stuff
2: yeah, you're just in the zone but
0: yeah. that's got to be when it's fun for you is to be able to just totally create like you're, you're not having yeah. to think about the mechanics that's where the art is just happening
2: yeah that's where it feels like it's the most creative and most that the art is easiest and fun but i will say i actually love working with someone helping them understand what a win is getting them there and then seeing them develop that's pretty re- rewarding also
4: I worked in church production for 15 years. I don't know that I ever once told a volunteer what the win needed to be. Because you just that tell them, true. I, I don't know. I, I'm being serious. Because not in like the heat of the battle or like before the service, it's like, hey, today, here's what the win is. Like What you're saying is, you need to be so intentional and clear about that. but. With audio, especially, it's don't screw up and do exactly what we've told you to do before, not like let me set you up to win. And I'm not saying that to like just, you know, drag on myself, but it's like I also feel like doing MXU now is a chance to a bit of redeem that in some ways for myself personally, to be honest. Yeah, that's good. But it, I'm serious, it was more like, well, I can do a better job myself. Or this staff person can do a better job. Myself or these two volunteers can do a better job, so we won't even schedule the other six people at these high-pressure positions. Yeah, and I don't think it was right. So, like hearing you say that is like, man, like if we had just lowered the hurdles low enough for each person to just get a, a simple win each week, then the next week they get a little a bigger win, and the next week they get a bigger win. That's
1: I would say that the difference between audio and video in that regard is like we are literally in the that very second giving direct feedback because of this yeah. team environment. So we have six people or eight people that are on com yeah. all together as one team, which is the reason why I chose video over lighting or audio because some of those lighting and audio is very solo sport. A lot of times you're working the band, but well, from a say, feedback standpoint,
5: listen, solo. Listen to you say that. I was I was in there going, oh, man, I feel that. But there yeah. is there's an aspect, and I, and I mean this – I don't, I'm not taking anything away from video, in fact, I think I'm, I'm, I'm giving credit to video when I say this. Video in church environment is forced into using volunteers. You have no choice. That's true. What else are you going to do? We have a choice. That's true. And we often make the wrong choice. We go, we can do it better. I can do it myself. So we should do it ourselves. Yep. And we pass up the opportunity to put a, a volunteer in that seat and risk the failure. And I'll say, I mean, I loved my experience of working full-time in a church. The best nine years of my of my career. I won't say of my life, but of my career. But I never poured into volunteers like I should because I was the professional, so I should be the one working through this. And then I would complain that I never got a weekend off. Well, I wonder why. It's, <laughs> all, it's, it's hard
7: because you talk about, when you talk about lighting, video, and audio in a church world, it's like, in the roles that are available, for lighting and audio. It's one to two, maybe three people. When you're talking video, usually it's at least four, five, six, seven people when you're talking about CG, playback, camera ops, director, TD, like there's a lot going on. And so I've seen from my experience of most churches, including my own, the video director usually is the best person on the production team at pouring into volunteers, building culture, Creating Definitely. opportunities, like, I think that's kind of, like, the way it is everywhere. But hearing you say that and being like, man, you're right. Like, pouring into other people and other teams and other areas is, like, very, very important.
0: And I, um, think, I think intentionally cultivating roles yes. that are more than just one or two people. Yes.
7: So you recruit a volunteer
0: to be a patch person. You recruit a volunteer to stand beside both consoles and be an A2, yes. M2. Like, you could double your audio team just by having extra people around yes and if they if the if the win for them is man we've always got fresh batteries we've always got a correct patch we've always got a clean stage yeah every cable is run perfectly it's like those are the things that once they once they accomplish those wins yeah we can celebrate that and then they want to stick around and then they want to experience greater training they want to get in on okay. We, could we set up a system where this guy could just push faders and win? They don't have to understand every nuance of EQ and compression but could they make a balanced mix right. with faders and how could that then lead to another step and another step because I think you're right it's like it's the hu- humility of saying I may be the best at this and it would be easiest for me to do this myself
3: but is it the best for the culture that we're trying to create? Exactly. I, I think we get blindsided with the task over the people So it's like what you said, is like, we're the one in the seat, you know, or what you said, we're the professional in the seat. But if we flipped it, part of that's leadership and understanding that the barometer has to change or what the expectation is.
5: Can I play, I mean, choice of words here, but devil's advocate for a second. And I'm I'm legitimately asking this question. I want to hear the feedback here. I get that. But I I have also always felt that when we step into these production environments in a church— we have a duty. We are worship leaders in ourselves. We are there to lead people into worship. We're there to reduce the distractions. Where is the balance? Where is the where is the line between giving a volunteer an opportunity to serve and grow and us taking on the responsibility of the people we are there to serve and we are there to lead and we are there to provide an experience experience for yeah. and I'm not saying that's the right way. I'm le- legitimately asking the question of how do we choose? Because even, uh, I'll I'll do a personal thing for a minute. I know a lot of other LDs who worship in the moment themselves. I do, but I don't do it outwardly. I've actually gotten kind of joked on before that there was a hashtag, Game Face Canal. Because when I'm behind the console, I'm focused and I'm in it and I'm there to help other people into that environment. Well, that's my way of going, this is my way of worshiping, this is my way of serving. But where is the line where I should go no, no, we're okay with some mistakes. Yep. I right. think it's the worst
0: thing for a monitor engineer is for the band to look over and he's eyes closed, hands raised, just going for it and worship and he's not able to make the tweaks that If the band my hands needs. are up
5: and I'm my eyes are closed worshiping, I mean, someone could take a real spiritual side of this and go, oh, well, you'll know when you need to know. No, to me in those moments, my hands should be on the console. My eyes should be open, focused forward because That is my level of worship. I don't have to be like everyone else in the crowd. They can have hands up. They can have eyes closed because I'm helping to guide them through that.
4: Okay, two things. I think before we go any further, we should all identify and admit what we're talking about. We're in the 1% of 1% of churches, and most people, and then a lot of people even watching, it's— I am bivocational or I have another job and I lead the entire production ministry at my church and everyone's volunteers. Sure. Yeah. That is 99.9% of churches. That's true. Uh, secondly, I think the line is shifting yes. of what, what is what, what is the point where it's okay to have some mistakes because people are involved. I think, you know, definitely like the late 90s, it was shifting towards seeker and perfection and more performative. And then it peaked. Honestly, it it kind of peaked with seeds. I feel
5: that
1: very personally. Okay. So explain, you, you, you got to explain what yeah, seeds is. So but, seeds
0: was. Well, I, first of all, can we explain Jace's French fries right now?
3: Lunch is here. Lunch. lunch is here. In and out. Is here for
0: lunch. And I'm calling out
4: by name because uh, let me get to the end of this. Uh, diatribe. Is that, is that what this is? It could be, depending on which way you take it. (laughs) Okay, because to me, people say the seeker movement started with Willow Creek in Chicago in the early '80s, right? And what they were doing with performing arts—that's kind of—I'm generalizing, but agreed—they're a target for that. To me, the best we ever saw of this was Church on the Move twenty. 15 17. 16 17 yeah right it it was unbelievable <laughs> what you guys did was incredible and it was led by wit wit was the creative arts pastor <laughs> mm-hmm. now he's the senior pastor we have to do we have to do a podcast just on this
5: um uh, I, can, can i you, uh, pause you for twelve and a half and a half seconds uh, Yep. i <laughs> uh, he's my next podcast i don't have him booked yet but okay. i will not record okay. another podcast until i get him
4: we on. should ha- you should be on it too because i think I, knowing what I know now, and he's a closer friend to you, but he's a friend to us, he would say what they're doing now, focusing more on the community and the people feeling like they belong to the church is more important.
5: He will. They have also, and this is where I want to get him in here because even, I mean, he's a, he's a close friend of mine. He is my pastor. They have not backed away from the excellence. Right. I right. want to hear his take on that because he, he is most definitely backed away from the performative, backed away from the show. There's there's a line for it. There's a place for it. But there's also, it. 100% in certain church environments has been overused yeah. and overstepped. But excellence still exists, not perfection, Yeah, but excellence. Well, and I've thought
0: about this a lot. So from the sort of pastoral, maybe Rusty, you can speak into the theological side too, because mm. honestly, the, well, when Jesus called the disciples, you know, Philip and Andrew on the beach emptying out a boat, and Jesus says, Follow me, their first response is, Come and see, come and see the man who changed my life. So there is an attractional piece that's part of what we do and needs to be because it was in the original mission. But then Jesus says, Now go and do. And so there's this missional part that's, you know, so it's this balance, it's always been a balance between attractional and missional. So how do we create environments that are engaging to get people to engage with Jesus so that they then go and do to their friends and neighbors? So it's, and I think a lot of churches did get it sideways in the late 90s, early 2000s, because it, you know, that modern worship thing was so new but it's like let's create relevant environments that engage people the same way that the show down the street at the arena does that's awesome well now we're at a point where that show at the arena isn't impressive anymore because i've got every coldplay concert on my phone so some of the flash and trash some of the and you can speak into this too some of the you're in it every day the yeah. vegas style. Approach. Yeah. It's like that, that does engage some people in your community. Sure. But it has to also be about, look at this life change. Look think, at Jesus.
7: Yeah, I think it translates more than just to the volunteer community, but also to the church in general. It's like people people are longing more than ever for a genuine connection of authentic people, of authentic worship, of authentic relationships, of culture. They want real. Like our whole world seems to be fake right now like social media, television, everything. And so we've even from like, at my church, we've done a thing where we've kind of like, we've put a big focus the last two years on the community. And it's been like, it's amazing to be a part of. But I want to say something really fast that you said before we get past that. It's like, you said, where's the line of where we're allowing mistakes to happen. And something we kind of practice as a staff culture at my church and, you know, as, as a real metric is 70%. 70%. If someone can do something 70% as good as you, pass it off to them. Let them fail that 30%. Let the mistakes happen 30%. That's a big word though because some people would say 70% in school is a C. Right.
0: I'm but not good with a C.
7: But that's that's the goal that we've set for people to be like, "Hey, if this guy can do it 70% as good as you can, give it away, delegate it, give them something they can own and grow them into that role." Because finding someone that can do something 95%, 99% is very, very difficult. But, so you don't need a volunteer that's an A+. Plus. Don't need, I, not, not, not when they start in that role. Yeah. Obviously with guidance, support, a culture, but that's, the, that's the, the tipping point for us of what's that threshold of where we're okay with mistakes. I'll also say as a caveat, that's not in every role. We're not cool with our senior pastors, Mike, not being unmuted 70% of the time. <laughs> seven okay. out of 10 weeks uh, so is my co work. <laughs> that's obviously like, you got to have the logic in your mind to understand that, but that's the baseline of like, hey, m- my mix is a seven. This mix is a 10. This guy, we can get him into this role and get him to a 10.
1: But your senior right. leadership understands that culture Yes, and that standard. I They're, think that's really, they help really, really They're important.
7: They're driving that culture through our staff. And Very I think important. it's really cool because- that, along with giving volunteers like you said it great, like making sure the batteries are changed, you may not need a battery guy. Your monitor guy can do that. But if you give someone a role and they own it, they feel ownership, they feel empowered, they feel like they're a part of the team, and they're going to keep coming back because you built that culture. So no one's coming back
2: for if they don't feel like they're doing a good job.
7: Right. If right. it's like, oh man, I'm in the dumps, I messed up. If again, all they, they hear is they missed bad. another cue. Right. right. Yeah.
2: What I love about the seventy percent thing is, yes, it's a C, but it's also average. And the average person coming to our churches, like this whole idea of us being excellent, I, I think it's really hard to s- define excellence versus perfection. We say excellence, yes. what we mean is perfection a yep. lot of times. But if we present this excellent slash perfection to the people coming in, we are never going to live up to that in our Christian lives. Right. Yeah. And they are average people who, need, who are given everyday life, they're, they're 70%, percent there are 30% mistakes in the rest of their life everywhere else. Corey so and I just I. talked
7: about this at breakfast this morning where we were talking about how like, we'll pick apart production mixes and everyone that's watching this that's here, we see and hear every little thing. 99.9% of the general public does not notice and does not care. Only you do. Well, and, and I'm not, that's not an excuse to be crappy at what you do. But it's a reality of like, this is what the public expects. So Good example.
0: The, real, real talk. Yep. In our Chicago event, we had a clocking issue yeah. in the PA. I thought Corey was going to literally <laughs> walk away. <laughs> dig a hole He'll, under the has, console. He kind of did walk away. I did walk away from the console <laughs> yes. at one And you point. came up to us and you go, I can't do this. Yeah. 90% of the audience I never heard I had no it. idea. Rusty never
7: you heard you it. You never heard it. No. 99% Nine, of the people attending you would have never, <laughs> never heard it. But I heard it all day. Corey heard it all day. Yeah. Both of us wanted to die. And the
0: system tech for the PA was literally beside himself because yeah. he couldn't run around and troubleshoot because we're in the middle of a show. He's at front of house. There's no There's no way to not make we it look like he's had, putting out a fire. We, we just had wander. to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah totally. We
7: kind of just had to brace and get through it and realize that we're like, yeah, this is not ideal, but no one
6: here knows except for us. Well, and I think at the end of the day, like we're going to do today, we have this recap of what happened and i remember the first event in atlanta i was stoked and i was like this was awesome like i got to like engage in worship and in chicago i was sitting up thinking like what could be better and i was i didn't say it probably i'll say it now but i was like man i should have had a way better attitude <laughs> like, That's funny. i was i was you know we had made a we're couple of fixes yeah, yeah we were flustered I my brain wasn't even there and halfway through the worship set it got to my favorite song and I thought I need to check myself and I need to remember, you know, Jeff and Lee were like, no one knows. And I was like, Bull crap. No way. Everyone knows. It's true. And no one knows. I just had to be like, you know what? Who cares? Like you look around and everyone's engaged. And like we said, like you pick apart production and then you go well, I cared that the mix wasn't quite out of 10, but the 10,000 people in this arena didn't notice at all and they're having the time of their But ride. the
4: reason you're so good at what you do is because you care. Right. So I think we- There's nothing wrong with caring.
0: No, we need to be pissed. We yeah. need to be willing to walk away if you want to be the best in the world at what you do. Yes. And I think the difference to your point, Rusty, is that I think excellence and striving for excellence is a good thing. The Bible has a lot to say about being- great at what we do and to work from a heart that says, I want to be everything that God has called me to be. And that means setting the bar high. Psalm, Psalms talk a lot, play skillfully, shout for joy, You know, bring skill to everything you do. So striving for excellence is an act of worship. Expecting perfection is idolatry because you're putting the result as the ultimate goal, as the idol, as the thing that's on top. And if if we if we do that at the expense of engagement and audience response, and you know you're looking around and people are going for it in worship, it's hard to argue that that's a huge win, despite yeah. what's happening with the word clock. So it's it is a tough balance because all of us are driven to be excellent, but as soon as we go, man, that wasn't perfect, we're putting the wrong idol on the wrong throne.
5: Well, and I think it comes down to priorities too. I mean, for, you know, I'm no longer working in a church full time. You are. You still work in a church most of the time. You know, Some people here do. What is, what is our main job then? Is our main job what we're doing with our own hands in the control? Or is our main job leading the team we're leading? Where does the excellence come? Does the excellence come from the product we deliver to the audience? Does the excellence come from the way we lead our team and give them the opportunities? I mean, I think, I know that's something I've wrestled with through my own career. Is the excellence what I'm doing myself? or is the excellence of what my team is doing. You know, as a leader of a company now, there are so many things that are outside of my control. So I've had to learn to detach from what I can do personally and find my excellence and my gratification in what my team is doing. I wish I had learned that when my team was the volunteers serving my church with me.
0: Okay, let's take a quick break and talk about crowd mics. You only have one shot to capture your crowd right. Whether you stream your service weekly or are planning to record a live worship record, Micrentals.com has the selection and recommendations for you. It's not because they know it all, it's because they continue to learn from their customers. You ever wonder how the audience or the room has been captured during a passion conference? Or how Elevation and Life Church's live recordings make you feel like you're part of the moment? Well, Mike Rentals does. Whether it's redeploying the mics you already own, helping with suggestions on mics to try to get more depth in your live stream, or an all-out audience recording package for a live worship project, micrentals.com is there to help. Go to micrentals.com and search audience for their most popular suggestions. And as always, use promo code MXU15 to get 15% off your order and you're ready to go. Okay, let's get back to our chat. So how do you, on Sunday afternoon when you're home from service, how do you deal with, man, my team felt great, but the snare drum still sounded like crap. I, I think it's
4: it's a marathon, not a sprint. I think if you can, at 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, go down the roster of every person that served and had, had a conversation with them or some type of encounter where you can say, I know they're excited to serve again, that's the win.
0: And vulnerability-wise, you would be... The first one to admit that you didn't always get that right. I think I got it wrong for 15 years because, you know, I
4: think COVID had a little change in this, but at a big, big church, the pressure for perfection, that's a real thing. That's a huge thing. That's a a real thing. So much so that we had 10 people on staff at one church campus for production at one point. It's ridiculous. It's such a waste of money. And not to say that those people didn't deserve jobs. They were all really good at what they did. But we had 50, 60 people signed up ready to serve, but we thought they're not good enough. So we went and hired people to do it. And I think those days are over. I think because of COVID and attendance is way down, if you were to go to your pastor now and say, what's the goal of our team? He's going to say that you grow your volunteer team. Not that you go hire 10 new people, like half the staffs at churches have left anyway. You're not going to replace them one-to-one. It's not going to happen. Right. They're all working for Jeremy.
7: Jeremy. True. Yeah. I think a big thing with that lead too that, like, and, and, and you, a few of you guys have said this that's big is also it's like when you have a problem, when something's going wrong and you're chasing your tail or whatever, that moment when you're like, hey, I can keep working on this or I can stop and say hi to my team that just got here and give them a hug and put a smile on my face. And there's going to be time to fix X, Y, Z later. But that that's the moment where you like because that's the men from the boys right there if you can make that happen that's what keeps your team around that's what keeps a healthy culture is yep. being like especially as like i'm on a very 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 small team for the scope of what we do and there's many many days where i'm like i could skip that meeting i could not go to the team huddle before one of our service starts and just get done when i need to but i need to be there i need to give everyone a hug i need to say hi I need to have face time with them and show them that i need to be the leader and show that everything's going to be okay we're going to figure it out and that i heard you say that you feel like you missed some of that of like in your 15 years and i feel like i miss a lot of that for years and i've been getting better over the last couple of years but it's that's a challenge and i put that out there for everyone else it's like if that's something you find yourself doing like stop that right now and make that a priority for your team that will that will take you further than the extra 15 minutes you got to try to reset something that's not working.
0: So for the senior leader who in theory is on board with this conversation, yep. <laughs> but when we start missing cues, all of a sure. sudden isn't on board, sure. how do you lead up to that to go? This needs to be maybe a yeah. bit of a shift in our culture. Sure. Cuz I, I know you guys do it great. Like yeah. Judd is okay. With a scripture slide not being exactly right.
7: Yeah, and like, it, there's obviously a threshold of allowance of like, yeah, if that happens once every six months, whatever. If that's happening multiple weeks in a row, then that's where I'm gonna get involved and figure out what's going on. Is it the same person? Is it multiple people? Is it the director? Is it the leader of that team? Like, that obviously, you can't be like, every single week you're okay with a mic not coming on or a wrong slide happening or a camera not working. Like, there's obviously a threshold there. But I think if you have a healthy team culture of like, hey, we're building up volunteers. We're not hiring contractors and staff. And we're going to, this is kind of what we have to do. We have growing pains, if you want to call it that. Um, and your leadership's on board with it. They're going to be okay with it. Now, again, I, I can't stress it enough. The the mic can't cut out five weeks in a row. If it happens once every right. six months, everyone understands that. But if it's a repeated pattern, that seems like a problem that needs to be addressed and, and, and figured out, right? There's like,
1: always... There's always um, something will always go wrong, but you just can't make the same mistake twice. Because if you make mo- the same mistake multiple times, there's either a system problem or a person problem, right. most likely, or a relationship problem. And Jeff, to what you said, I think there's so many people who don't have the guts to have a conversation with senior leadership, like this conversation. And we create. I know I created. <clears throat> I created in my head the expectation of what my senior pastor wanted without ever having a conversation with them. Yeah.
0: You make assumptions based on, I made on, assumption yeah, of perfection
1: matters. Yeah. And now, in hindsight, I don't think that guy really cared about perfection. But because I wanted to be so dang good that I had created like the perception that he cared as much as I care.
0: Because those assumptions can lead to a fear-based culture within the, the production team that go, well, a senior pastor has to have it this way, this way, this way. Yeah senior pastor may not even be thinking that no but some somebody who's leading the production team says no it has to be this way and so then we're afraid <laughs> if it's not that way and so then it's this tyrannical sort of perfection-based yeah. production team that may not have nothing to do
7: with what senior leadership is actually thinking yeah i think that that's the difference between like excellence and perfection of what we're talking about it's like i think your senior pastor was probably wanting excellence in your mind you wanted perfection and those are those are so different, right? And I think when I say 70%, like I can almost consider that, I know this doesn't add up mathematically, but that is excellent to most people. Yep. And so I'm not talking about blaring obvious mistakes, but I'm talking about, oh, that camera shot wasn't excellent or wasn't perfect, but it was excellent. And so that's the kind of difference of like, there's a middle ground and there's somewhere of like, you can put on the best experience you can And it can be excellent, but you can also have a great culture of volunteers and balancing love on them without being like that, like you said, tyrannical, like we're upset, like this is a problem every week.
4: Well, like take video, for example. We did three of these last year. We did three of them this year. And Rusty's batting a 1,000 at picking brand-new camera operators. And at the end of the day, it's freaking excellent.
7: Right. Exactly.
0: And that's leadership. It is.
7: But Rusty would probably tell you the volunteers that we pick for random events to be able to train them on the spot. He would say they did, you know, they did great, but they get obviously better. They're not, it's not like a, it's not the the best camera op he's ever used in his life, you know. Sure. But but Hard it's person. still <laughs> but it's still a great experience, right? Like overall, it's like man, that was a ten. It was great, but it wasn't perfection. So I think it all comes down to like how you perceive the difference of those two
6: things. I think, I mean, practically this year, I've been helping a lot of churches kind of up their audio game. And one of the big questions from a lot of people is like, we just need more people. We have have two people we rely on. When they're gone, then what happens? And I think you spend a lot of time putting guardrails up for people to get to that 70% really easily. Yeah. And the 70% is, to me, In most cases, I'd probably say this, but maybe the mix is not like perfect and not perfectly balanced, but it's good, and and it's not. You know, you can listen to it, but every cue was hit, every mic came on. Like to me, that that's an opportunity to say, okay, we're we're hitting all these markers, and the mix is decent, and we can get it better. And we know that this person is capable of, of doing all the functional things, like turning the pastor's mic on. But then weekend after weekend, you give him that same guardrail, and you can help him get better at vocals one weekend. Or hey, this bass felt weird. Let's work on it another time. I think I think to me that seventy third, you know, that seventy percent is a good place to like get people involved, and then start helping them get further and further up to what we call perfection. but
0: and In the meantime, there's a library of over 500 videos on <laughs> MXU that they can use to whittle there away at that 30%. There it is. 1-800-MY-PILLOW. What's, what's, F-
7: what's that website, Jeff?
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. But it is important. Like, there needs to be some sort of format and strategy toward ongoing training. So, whether that's you have a regular team night and you do hands-on training with your gear or whether it's an assignment and playlists and collections on mxu there are resources that we can leverage to try to whittle away at that 30 percent so that the guy who is not an audio professional he's a teacher or an accountant or owns a muffler shop has a way to continue to get better
1: so I, this conversation if I'm on the other side of the camera listening to this it seems so overwhelming cuz you're like I'm a technician and I'm at being asked to be a highly relational person and, and an artist. An artist? Right. Like so it's like man I, my challenge will be I had so two things that I had like every green room every volunteer that I led I just asked the same question over and over am I'm, I'm sure they figured it out eventually but it was like the question was what do you do for a living? And what's your greatest challenge at work? And so that those two things allowed me to like create markers for people. And so every time I saw them again, hey, how's your job at Samsung? Hey, how's that project? And you just take a note, like just drop down a note where it's like, just develop a strategy because things that we are not good at, relationships a lot of times in our world, like just create a system to develop that. Because just asking what do you do for a living and what's your greatest challenge at work those people come alive. Now, being in corporate world, I'm like, I just, I'm, I would love for somebody to ask me that question.
4: <laughs> like, I would love that. Okay, so, Jeremy, what no, do you no, what do, you no, do for a living? Right no.
7: no, That's so, that's so yeah. good, dude. That yeah. is so good. It's like, people want to feel like, and, and not that you're faking it, but you actually care about yeah. them and what they do. Well, I love it that it's so specific. Us.
1: Specific. It yeah. allows them, and you get to know. I mean, you, they're going to talk for the next 10 minutes. Basically, you ask those two questions. You don't even ask another question. It's just they're going to tell you all about. They're like, oh, yeah, I work for this person, and my greatest challenge is, like, I got this coworker that's an idiot, or I'm project managing this thing, or whatever. And, like, you're allowed to do things. That's good. Yeah. So, anyway, I just hope people hear this conversation and not feel overwhelmed but feel like nuggets of things that can you can take a next step in. Yeah.
4: So, what do you do for work? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Are we going to
7: do this?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's pretty
4: <laughs> Are easy. Are you guys
7: role-playing right now? Yeah. yeah a little bit. <laughs> I will say,
1: in all fairness, working for a manufacturer, I just thought coming into—like, when I worked for a church, I was like, why don't people make X, Y, and Z product? And now working for a manufacturer, I'm like, why don't we make X, Y, and Z product? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's so— Getting software and hardware development is so much more complicated than I ever thought it was. So, yes, that is So even internally, that's still your greatest challenge at work. Yeah, yeah,
0: correct. Interesting,
1: yeah. But the products Ross
3: does make are amazing.
1: They're great. They're great. I'm a fanboy, but...
3: What would be the one product you would release tomorrow if you could?
1: Um, (laughs) At the end of the day, I think there is opportunities in the... um, the switcher market. I think we make some incredible switchers, but um, we make things with components that cost a lot of money. And if I can wave a magic wand, I would take what we do for switchers and make it cheaper. I don't know if there's a way to do that yet, but that's what I would
5: do. I will say to Jeremy, as a person who sells switchers, I second that. Yeah. Like, I would love some cheaper options. Yeah. yeah I'd love some Ross-level options we could get into more... I don't know if the right term. Entry level? Yeah. Churches? That, yeah. Down market. Yeah. Budget yeah. friendly. I'll, I'll, budget friendly. I'll yeah. give you an amen on that. Yeah.
4: I Can I tell you my audio version of yeah. that? Yeah, love it. How many times do you go to EQ a kick drum and you do the same freaking thing? Every time. And a tom and a snare. It's pretty close, right? It's right?
3: <laughs> Put it through the lexicon. Yeah. Yeah.
5: So yeah.
4: why don't we make microphones with that
6: already done?
5: "Were <laughs> oh, <so they, laughs>
4: you, you about to disagree
6: with me? I think now I'm looking for microphones that don't like have a sound so that I can make it myself. That's fair. They make a console that does that. Have you ever heard of it?
0: We're not going to continue <laughs> on that path. Um, but I actually, like <laughs> yeah, <abort. laughs> I actually think on the console side, whether you... Totally agree with it and buy into it or not what they tried to do with that console is actually a really good idea
4: the line six console no no no, no the tf the oh, one the tf the line one six now. makes a console okay. hold on let's rewind so line six made a console with presets and it was like this is a kick drum boom the eq the compression and the gate were there i didn't know this yeah they did line six made a console. It is no longer available, so that didn't go so well. Yeah. But uh, the TF has touch and turn, or no, uh, one, knob, one knob. Sorry, one knob. And you say this is a vocal on a 58. It goes from high-pass filter to EQ to
0: compression. Like It does everything. Well, there's a, a, a one knob for the EQ and a one knob for the compression. And I think the, what I like about it is that when they built the format, they consulted with dozens of engineers to say, "What do you normally do with a female vocal on a '58?" And they got that input and then turned that into, "This is the general idea of what most people do." So, yeah. honestly, when I turn the one knob, that is the general idea of what I would it do. You know what this sounds and like? And then I me? Could, could tweak from there.
5: This sounds like those lighting consoles that we can plug an audio signal into and the lights just go along with the beat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Chase feature.
4: (laughs) I mean. I see what you're saying. but Yeah. I I do think
3: though at the level of the TF you've got to show them. Like whether they watch one of our videos or get on YouTube or look at a random blog the chances are that if the church has a TF they're using volunteers in their budget scenario. And so someone's got to show them whether it doesn't matter who does it. So I think Kudos to Yamaha for putting that in there.
4: And you can see it, the EQ yeah, happen. It, okay. it doesn't go zero to 100 and sounds like crap sounds good. It's like, oh, you can see the high-pass filter come in. You can it's see like the...
7: drastic right, Do you,
3: yeah. you, do you remember when you first saw visual EQ? Yeah. Right? It kind of blew your mind. Like, it, it's, yeah. it like DM-2000. Yeah, ONVs and DM-2000s. And you were like, that's not what I'm doing. Because in my head, I was just turning analog knobs and it was doing something way different. So I think that for the average person walking up to a console at that level, like it's probably awesome yeah, I to so. see it, see the visual, and start there.
7: Corey and I both started on in the digital console world, I'm sure. So we'll never, know those, we'll never know those
3: yeah. days.
1: I started on LS9. <laughs> yeah. Okay, for the record.
3: Corey's never, never flipped an
6: H3000. I actually have. I have oh, from, Yeah, our digital console broke, so we got an H3000. Did you know how to use it? I figured it out. Everything's right there. I went just to the, the digital that. console, looked at where all the knobs were. <laughs> Corey did the same thing. We've <laughs> talked
4: about this before on our podcast. Corey started on his MA one and a Hog three. I started a sh- Martin Light Jockey. But, I jockey was the that, actually. but he was programming uh, Ableton and playing guitar and doing lights the same weekend, <laughs> the very first weekend I met him. And the next weekend was
0: probably a mix in front of house.
4: Yeah,
3: what, is I, like I, I what is it like to be perfect? What is it like to be perfect at everything?
6: I try just try can't jockey. decide. Speaking of perfection. <laughs> He's excellent not perfect. Yeah, his skin's yeah, I'm perfect. I'm just mediocre at all of those things. Sorry, your skin is perfect, but yes. everything, else is <laughs> everything else is average. everything
5: else is average. I'm sort of in the same place. I mean, I started out running audio too. There was a power amp built into the back of the console, but...
6: I started on a Mackie twenty four four, with and I found an Alesis microverb yeah, in a did. closet, and I found a matching power supply, and I like it was like my pride and joy. I had a reverb, a uh, reverb, <laughs> uh, mono reverb. Yeah.
4: I started with it had wood grain. The first time I got paid to mix was an it was an Allen and Heath console, some JBL guitar center. This was on a tour, like we carried this with us. Wow, and on purpose, yeah. Yeah, No outboard compression effects. There was nothing. It was just an Allen Heath console. But it was the one with the sweepable low end, so I could at least go to 50 hertz. I didn't know what that meant,
0: but it had but it. You could turn the knob. Turn yeah. Yeah, the old Mackies just had the button,
6: 80 yeah, you hertz. Get to solo the channel, see the meter, Yep. gain it. The first time
4: I learned how to use effects was like the last show of a tour. It's like prank night. And my prank was to put reverb on the vocal.
3: <laughs> Can you believe that? there like, been well, no reverb at all got to him. Him.
4: No, you got it. Him. <laughs>
3: him. <laughs> probably were like, oh, thank God. Finally. <laughs> you finally got it. You got punk. Yeah. So that's and I'm like, hilarious. you know,
4: halfway through the set, and it was at a skating rink in Mississippi. I don't know why I remember this
3: <laughs> so clearly. And, yeah,
4: and couple skate reverb, and the like house guy had the gear, and I was like, how do I plug this in? And then while the band's playing, he's telling me, the auxiliary sends a signal the vocal into the reverb, and it gets affected. And then you take the output of the reverb and you plug it into the input of another channel, and then that's the reverb. And I was like, mind blown, white
3: bulb. And I was like, that's <laughs> how you do it. You got a pen and piece of paper, your totally signal, path. signal flow diagram. Yeah, so I had an yeah. ACP eighty eight. Man, I had to fix. I got to pick eight channels. I got compressors. What would they be? Kick. Kick.
4: Because it's a gate and compressor. Yep. Snare. Tom-Tom. Tom-Tom.
3: Bass. Bass. It's five. No electrics. Three vocals. Vocal, vocal, vocal. Yep. Or if you were able to bust, depending on the console, you know, you could slam one down or two down that way. But yeah, that would be it. That's true. And then you'd get an M1 and a D2. Gosh. If you couldn't afford it, you could make the M1 mono mono, and you do mono reverb, mono reverb on left, mono delay on right, if you couldn't afford the D2 yet. Yeah. That's awesome. It's crazy. How about the first time
4: you guys used tracks? Sorry, audio and video. Here, give us a minute. Uh, iPod. Left side was click. Right, right side yeah. was mono tracks. Mono click, mono
0: tracks. Yep. Yeah. And I not an
4: iPod photo.
3: Like, click wheel. No, click yeah. wheel. Like, <laughs> five gig. <laughs> Can you remember that noise? Kick <laughs> yeah. Um. Honestly, KB, if y'all know KB. Yeah current hip-hop artist, his backup for years was an iPod because he had a failure. Honestly, we should bring him on the podcast sometime and ask him about this because it it scarred him. He was doing a massive festival and his tracks rig went down. And so we were talking after that. He said, what do I need to do? I was like, you just need an iPod. And the and guy just needs to press play at the same time yeah. as the tracks. At the same time. Yeah. As, yeah. yeah. Well. When he was queuing his tracks. Because he, he didn't couldn't afford a redundant rig at that season. Of his career so he's like i just need some level of redundancy so what do i need to do so was so ipod just left there was a band it was
4: remember kj52 oh yeah so his drummer jamie played with tracks but there was no click that's skill but the track always had a backbeat yeah. and he would just play along so there's with always it. some kind of loop element yeah there was a in a wedge whoa yeah
3: you know who a we need to have on the podcast? A wedge? what's a wedge? It's when you grab your underwear and you lift. <laughs> it's when you turn your front fill around. Um, do you know yeah. Jeff Gallup? No. You, you know oh. Jeff Gallup? Jeff Gallup, Brown out of Sound? And yeah, he's he's amazing. But I'm talking Petra in that era. Oh, okay. All the way to Carmen, the champion. And um, so he was in that era. And That's he, where the best phrase ever comes from, though. I'm not happy until you're not happy. <laughs> that guy? Oh, yeah. He's a legend. Jeff Calpa is a legend, but uh, Carmen, yeah, Carmen and the Petra and all those. And he would—they had wedges, but they would pump the click in the wedge of drums. And front That's of house was just loud. Big old Adams and boxes. I'm sure was just out, just drowned it out. But he was like, it was 100 decibels of drums. We're clicking it. So is this like the video version would be like Windows
1: Media Player through a switcher? Did you guys use Windows Visualizer? I used it and then I oh, had yeah, found yeah. I found a song that matched the same tempo and just hit play. It, I mean that was, you know, really, was resourceful, yeah. Yeah. That, like, really resourceful. Is there like resourceful? Yeah,
4: and then <laughs> okay, hold on, time out. So, LED wall content, projection screens. You These are a, like TVs hung from the wall. You take an output from a
3: PC. Yeah. Y'all remember yeah, Winamp Visualizer? Don't touch, that yeah. don't, <laughs> don't touch that mouse. Correct. Right. Don't touch that mouse. Correct.
1: Now, when you got into projection mapping, then you could have two DVD players. DVD? And then you hit, yeah, those things, you know, those discs. Yeah. And then you hit play at the same time. No way. Yeah. it's All that's it going kind of a little. And then you could take a little IR. So then you could hardwire IR from one remote to two. So they play at the same yeah. time. But yeah. So, I mean, that's like old school
3: video. That actually is new school for me. You just blew my mind. (laughs) That's amazing. I'm getting two TVs at home (laughs) the remote. Back in my day. That's crazy. So, anyway. My youth pastor, we did have a four-channel powered, like carpeted, Mm -hmm. like block console thing, you know? And we needed more than four channels, so he wide every channel. And so you like two vocals per when you turn. What? Oh, really? You just hope oh, you sang the same volume. No
7: way. <laughs> it's
3: Billy Phoenix. Wow. Um, okay. So for those that are still watching and <laughs> haven't got bored yet, <laughs> um, let's tell them what's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> let's tell them,
6: Corey, why don't you walk us through what's coming up this afternoon so they know what to deal with? Yep. So we're going to come back from lunch and do our audio portion. Guys, In and Out is over there getting cold. I know. It's like my one time a month to get it. Um, We're gonna do some line checks, sound checks. We're gonna work on front of house mix a little bit, kinda let you see the process um, with with the elevation team. And then once we kinda get dialed, we'll get Rusty and Daniel in, and we'll start kind of rehearsing. We also have an audio truck here.
4: We do have an audio truck here. And a special guest engineer.
3: Talk about it. <laughs> Which we forgot to invite to this podcast.
4: <laughs> I'm yeah. just not, he's actually eating lunch. you <laughs> probably having a great yeah. time. He's having a great time yeah. right yeah. now. So, uh, fun fact about Paul David Hagar is... I wonder if he's Hager or Hagar. I'll ask. him. It's one of those. Um, May of 2020, we had to cancel our Chicago event because of COVID. He was going to be the third engineer with Jeff and I. Right, and once it got canceled, you know that kind of all went away. So, he's back, and he's mixing the stream, and he has a camera. So, if you're watching online, because you're you are you're watching here, you can actually
3: choose to watch and listen to his stream. Hope I'm getting that right for people. Yes, off-car. yes, you can. That's right. It'd be so, a great time to just tell them that later on today we'll get to a portion where you'll be able to click your view. You get to choose your view. You could choose a rusty view, or a lighting view, or a front of house monitor or broadcast view, or just a general program view, which is what would be cut going to the screen. So depending on what your preference is and what you're into, or you can go between them, right? I think someone, you'll be able to yeah. go between them. But it'll be really cool. Does audio change with that? Yeah. Yes. That's sick. Yeah.
5: I'm going to watch an audio view. Can I watch
6: the broadcast one?
4: <laughs> yeah, you can actually watch it after this is all over. Amazing. Next week, yeah. So um, last night, Jeff and I went out to the truck and finally met him in person for the first time. He's awesome. He's awesome. And he's freaking
0: good.
3: He's so kind. And he's, his
0: credits, just so you guys know. I mean. He's got a pile of awards. Pile of awards. Studio, live, of, he But he showed us his phone. Hoobastank. Well, we were talking about barbecue. We were talking about barbecue. So <laughs> we were talking about how he loves Franklin, you know, Aaron Franklin. So he's like, yeah, when I'm into Austin— I'll just text Aaron and the order will be waiting for me out the door. Or Aaron will deliver it to him. And I'm like, and then he shows us his phone and it's Aaron Franklin's cell phone number. And so, then he goes, So I oh. made a
4: joke. Yeah. I said, What's funny is we're way more excited about Aaron Franklin's number being in your phone than Miley Cyrus, which I'm sure hers is in there too.
6: So and he, he turns
0: his phone around and it says Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> and then he he scrolls a little bit later, he turns it around Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. One,
6: now
3: one's cool. And we talked about Hoobastank. <laughs> he makes Day? <it> <laughs> you remember The Reason? What Heck a great yes. song. So, so
4: he's uh, like, I've been doing this long enough, or I just kind of have picked my three artists that I work for, and I don't do, work with anyone else, and it's Miley Cyrus, Devo, and
3: Beck. Beck would be... I'm going to just ask him if I can come stand up front of house sometime because oh, yeah. I am in to Beck. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and Miley is... I mean, she's, she can get a little wild... She's one of the best live performance singers of our that generation. vocal, Incredible. that Incredible. vocal is amazing. Yeah, so it's really cool. So he's mixing the stream.
3: I've yeah. never been so inspired to swing across the room on a wrecking ball.
4: Yeah, <laughs> it was a great drum break. Should we play the video of you doing that?
0: No, I don't think
3: I don't. That, that's a different stream. Wait, are you that. the
0: are you the person swinging
3: or are you the wrecking ball? <laughs> <laughs> good one, good one, Dad. Um. Corey, sorry we disturbed you. I don't, you were talking about what's going on this afternoon, and we got sidetracked.
0: Yeah, so that's happening.
3: Yeah, I
6: think I'm, that's it. And then oh, that was it. Yeah, that's then it. At
0: the very end of the day, we kind of break and then put it all together. So the hope is that everything we talked about this morning in our production meeting actually happens, and that we satisfy our goal of
3: really finding a way to collaborate and tell a story through this worship set. Um, my favorite part of the afternoon, though, honestly, is rusty's calm in the house which yeah w- over the band yeah it's just kind of and he's like y- kind of yelling covering yeah, it's like dj the a little bit because, well, to get it over the PA but it's yeah. kind of fun because you j- i would never have thought that much energy came from video world oh i know you're you're on some red bulls there yeah i'm a pretty introverted person so on
2: the yeah. uh, end of a show day i'm like is it exhausting done. yeah yeah Mentally, I'm done. I don't really want to if talk. If I had,
3: had to be nice to eight volunteers and yell into my <laughs> comm all day, I would be exhausted too. Yeah. So you go home and you're like, kids, get out of my face right now.
2: No, I'm a great dad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, he just loads them up and goes and plays golf. Let's go to the driving range. We'll have to talk hey, to you. But, ser- <laughs> but seriously, uh, so Kirsten, your wife, ran camera at our first stop. She volunteered. Yeah. Um, how did she do? She'd actually do really great.
2: If you know Kirsten, and a lot of you guys do, she's like… She struggles with that perfectionist, excellent thing. And so there's probably like two or three times where uh, we don't have tally on the cameras. So it's 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 pretty important that you communicate clearly and like you want a camera to know that they're clear before they get, get a new camera shot. So like a couple of times, she'd move the camera early while she was still on screen. And she like audibly and auditorium was like, dang it!
3: You know, like, <laughs> um uh, but she's you know, more extroverted than you she yeah. is yeah yeah i am actually she used to be a producer a live event producer still is i mean um and when she worked at the church she moved um to bigger better roles but I was actually scared of her when she was a producer <laughs> like because she had
2: to stand on an apple box to be able to see <laughs> well, over that's the why it was a power
3: yeah. booth we were <laughs> we were the same height
5: <laughs> so does jay though yeah. Yeah,
3: right. Yeah, Honestly, we lifted the 338 onto another case and Adam was like, I'll, I'll get something for you to stand on. <laughs> but That's speaking crazy. of Jeff Gallup, when we were mixing uh, Choir of the Fire on a Yam- Yamaha 3500, yeah. Yeah. Um, he would put a case lid down for me yeah. so I could reach the gain because yeah. I couldn't reach it at his height. <laughs> That's awesome. I need
4: to put the console on a case so that it will reach me.
0: Power yep. move. Power move. Um, well, let's talk about workshops, Jeff. Yes. So our next big thing is happening at MXU HQ. Yep. We have uh, November 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. We're hosting in-person workshops. So the 7th and 8th are each audio days. The 9th is lighting and the 10th is video. Yeah. So it's a chance for you to bring your team to get some discipline specific training where we'll spend the whole day on a deep dive. So, it's limited to 40 people per day. So, it's a smaller, more intensive experience that yeah. we know teams are really going to love. And those events are how we started. Like right. This like what we're here
4: to do is it's the whole team, it's a band, it's everything. But how it makes you started was me, you and Andrew with consoles in a circle. Wood shedding all day. How can we be the best engineers we can be? And we would, I mean, we got down to the details. Well, we're going to continue to do that. At our headquarters in Knoxville from here until eternity. But we're also going to do that with video and lighting, which we've never done before. So Rusty's going to lead the video workshop. Daniel's going to be there for the lighting workshop. So that'll be y'all's first time doing a all day by yourself. Gotta, hey, you, did you, you know you were doing content?
2: That? I did know. Okay, okay. I found out yesterday.
4: So, so
1: I know I'm going to be there too, but you know, it's all Rusty. It's fine. When has that ever changed? Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> okay, <laughs>
0: that <is> true. <laughs>
3: You're kind of like a sidekick, which yeah. I've fully embraced, and I'm very grateful for. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, no problem. Um, you totally lied and said that's our next thing. That is not what it is. We are going to do next <laughs> is we are going to do MXU Africa. We're going to South Africa in October. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's true. Y'all didn't know I could do that, did you?
2: I did. I didn't know you
4: could physically or Okay, so metaphorically give do a, that. Give us some of that
3: same spiel but in the mother tongue. I can't, bro. You can't just put a quarter in and tell me to dance. That's not how that works. Comes from a deep, deep place. All right. Well, there are some people who have
0: signed up that I'm gonna need your help on some pronunciations of some names. Bro, I got it all day.
4: I like, thought they speak English. They do speak English. Oh, I'm like, oh, I'm in they, they trouble. They definitely speak English. But yeah. I was
3: like, you know, we're going to South Africa. I need to learn. But there's a several languages. I probably need to learn a few words. On and there are world. many people coming who English is not their first language. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's have, be I'm awesome. going to have a great
4: time. So yeah, Jeff, Jay, and I are going to yeah. Johannesburg in three weeks.
3: Don't we need a video director? That's what I said.
0: He's asked me a few times. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, someone's got to light us up. It's true. But we're partnering with our friends at Stage Audio Works that are based in Johannesburg and will be in Pretoria for two days. So if you're listening or viewing and you're in South Africa, go ahead and sign up for the MXU workshop in Pretoria. It's either uh, October 12th or 13th. The
3: Indian food in South Africa slaps. Like London slaps? Second best. London's number one, South Africa's number two on Indian food slapping. India's number four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chicken tikka masala is actually not even from India. It's from Scotland, believe it or not. Look it up on the internet. It's all over there. Um, but it's going to be great. And then I'm going to take y'all on a safari. All right. And we're going to see the big five. The big five. Yeah, can me, Hold on. Can you, you <laughs> a rhino. <laughs> <laughs> can you promise me a leopard? Uh, a, a T-Rex. That's, that's the hardest it's one. something else. <laughs> but
4: there's five of us going, bro. Oh, my bro. gosh. Is, okay. It, okay. is it lion? Lion, tiger,
0: elephant, elephant, leopard. giraffe? No, no. Giraffes are everywhere. The big 5 are lion, elephant, hippo, water buffalo,
2: water
3: buffalo, oh. rhino and leopard. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, and we're going to eat some biltong. Yeah, yeah. Which are. the first time I went to South Africa it was my cousin's wedding and this dude was like would you like some bill tongue? And I was like, <clears throat> what? That was Jamaican. Yeah, yeah, for sure. By the way. It's, like, it's a pub sled team. <laughs> but he's like, Bill tongue. I was like, I don't know, I don't, I can't eat bull tongue. Like that's against my religion. I can't eat that. He goes, Bill tongue. And I was like, I don't and my cousin goes, it's beef jerky. jerk. I was like, yeah, I will eat that. And it's amazing. We're gonna eat all kinds of it. It's gonna be great. And we should just go shoot stuff. Let's go kill a kudu or something. No. A what? What? Kudu's not a person. Okay. It's an animal. No. Have you never played Buck Hunter? Uh, I've never played Buck Hunter. Kudu thing. is uh, a kind man. of a deer. Yeah, it's.
0: It's, it's called an onglet. Um, 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 what I was
7: gonna say is, we're in the, the great state of Texas right now. Yeah. I've heard that there are more private collection of That's tigers correct. and lions in Texas than there are in the rest of the free world. That makes world. Combined. combined, right? That's
4: true. There are more tigers in captivity in Texas in than Texas the rest of the than world. there
3: are in the free world in the entire world. All right, don't forget that uh, if you're watching, you're gonna get to pick your stream choice here in a little bit. Check out the workshops in Africa and in the United States of America. And uh, be sure to follow us on the Instant Machine and we'll go from there. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.